welcome to episode 28 of What Cause Inspires You. I am your host, Alina, and today I have with me Anika Shaw. Alicia Gupta, my friend and fellow Humanity Rising ambassador, launched the What Cause Inspires You podcast as a way for students to share the service they're doing in their communities. We encourage youth who are making a change to improve the world to speak up about their stories and become a leader in the movement. Anika Shaw is a sophomore government major on a pre-law track at the University of Texas at Austin. Anika's passion for student-led activism first began in 2018 after witnessing the atrocities of the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas school shooting, which compelled her to act. More recently, she is a founding member of the South Lake Anti-Racism Coalition, a coalition dedicated to creating tangible and sustainable anti-racist changes in her local community. She's hoping to inspire generations of changemakers. We are recording this presentation and it will be posted shortly on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Music. Be sure to check out www.humanityrising.org and sign up for our email newsletter to keep updated with all the podcast links. Anika, it's so exciting to have you here with us today. Thank you so much for joining us, and I'm sure everybody listening is ready to learn more. So are we ready to get started? Yes, for sure. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no problem. I know I from what I've read about you, you are re really extremely passionate about gun violence prevention, and honestly, it's so amazing to see that. So let's start off with when did you first gain that passion for activism? And was there a specific situation that triggered the passion for you? Yeah, for sure. So um, all up until I want to say like end of freshman year, beginning of sophomore year, I always thought I wanted to be a doctor. I remember I had been um, shadowing a doctor at a local hospital for like four years. I got to witness surgeries and, you know, I was going down that stereotypical path of wanting to be a doctor. And I actually was really fascinated by it. But then sophomore year, um, I remember I was away for a debate tournament over in Harvard. And that's when the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas shooting happened in Parkland in Florida. And I think ever since that event occurred, my whole worldview just changed, my passions changed. And that is when I kind of gained a passion for activism and wanted to take um, part of like nationwide change and make sure all these changes are being implemented. Right, yeah, I know in recent years, the topic of gun violence prevention has become so much more relevant because of the frequent shootings that we've been seeing occurring in schools and like other public places, but, I think the Stoneman Douglas shooting was definitely a tragic incident that I vividly remember as well. So it, it was just very scary news. And as a high school student, you feel like you could have been in that situation or your classmates could have been in the situation. And I'm sure many other students, parents or like listeners can agree that it was an extremely just terrifying moment in American history. But one thing that did come out of it are activists like you who are passionate and want to bring change and reform to the platform. So I would love to know just a little bit about your work that you've done on gun violence prevention. Yeah, sure. So as you mentioned, we all really vividly remember the events of the Stoneman Douglas shooting. So that's exactly what kind of sparked me to want to take action in the first place. Um, I remember a friend and I, we were talking about it. And after the shooting had happened, um, a lot of, nationwide movements had arose. So I remember like there was a national walkout day that was being planned for everyone in the country from high school. But 
our high school was going to be on spring break during that time. And so we realized that we had to do something about this because we couldn't just sit back and do nothing, um, especially in the area that I live in where these type of issues are very prevalent. So my friend and I, the one um, that's on the right of me, we decided that we had to just kind of create our own walkout at our school. So March 8th was the day we planned and this was, we started planning this in around February, I wanna say early February. So we quickly created an Instagram account, a Twitter account and spread the word. And every day until the walkout, we would do little things on social media, do little things around school. We, would, we started wearing these armbands, the ones that are pictured on our hands, the orange ones. And the story behind this is actually pretty interesting. It was inspired by Mary Beth and John Tinker who wore black armbands to protest the Vietnam War in 1969. And through that example, I really learned the power of history and the power of change. And because the color orange is the um, national color for gun violence awareness, that became kind of the staple color for our movement. So we really, I don't wanna say created a brand because these type of movements like, you know, that's not what it's about, but we really made sure that the things we were doing were recognizable and it was clear what our goals and intentions were. So we started wearing these armbands, which quickly caught everyone's attention in school. We, um, I remember like local activism groups started donating armbands to us so we didn't have to buy them. So students all around school were wearing them. And I remember one day, like I would walk into the doors of school and you would see like, floods of people wearing orange armbands. So it was really cool like how our movement was growing. It was gaining attention from the news, etc. And so then finally the day of the walkout came and we had a really good turnout not only in our high school but in schools across our district. So that is kind of the main part of our movement. We also talk to the school board a lot about school uh, changes they can implement. And we also talk to city council a lot and make sure we included um, adults in this conversation so that real change can happen. Yeah, no, that's so amazing and powerful. And I know many of our listeners would want to probably initiate something like this at their school. So. Um, for them, do you have an insight on some of the obstacles that you encountered while gathering people and setting this whole thing up? And do you have any advice for them just to make it successful? Yes, absolutely. So organizing is actually pretty difficult. Um, it's a big challenge, but if you set your mind to something and if you're passionate about it, I believe that you can get it done. So a few obstacles we faced were a lot of pushback and retaliation from not only um, adults such as like administration and school board members and city council members, but also from the community because people just didn't believe in our cause. So um, my advice for that is just to overcome, like make sure you know what your goals are and why you're doing it and don't let like, as I say, like, don't let the haters stop you, really don't, because it can be really challenging. In fact, like, after the movement happened, me and my friend who planned the whole thing were actually receiving death threats, but, like, people, like, are not always going to like what you're doing, but as long as you believe in the right thing and you're creating this much-needed tangible change, then you should keep pursuing the change. Um, so that's one of the main obstacles we faced, and then 
Also, I think organizing these types of things require a lot of organization and maturity. So a lot of our conversations were with like admin members and um, people of authority. So you have to make sure that you can really stay mature in those conversations, outline your goals clearly and um, get everyone on board so that it doesn't turn out to be ineffective. Yeah, that's great. And one thing you said that stuck with me is don't let the haters stop you. But I know like, no matter what you do, I feel like you're somebody that's going to be there to say something about it, you know? So that's, I think, something that I will take away from what you said. But is there something that you learned from this experience um, by yourself or something that you took away from this, like organizing this protest and walk out from the school? Yeah, um, so it was actually really powerful, like the whole message, the whole movement, it was really empowering, not only to myself, but a lot of people around us, not just resonating with the whole gun violence prevention movement, but just movements in general, right? So my kind of the title of this presentation is called Gen Z activism. So something I learned in 2018 is that Generation Z, our generation is so unique and that we've lived through or have been the start of many of these social uprisings across the nation. And really we've like grown up in a generation of school shootings. So it's, it's like fitting for us to be the ones to like take action. And also a lot of the perpetrators of gun violence are our age, unfortunately. So it's really cool how our generation will go down in history for being change makers because we realize that our adults are failing us in terms of policies, in terms of changes. And so we are really the only ones that can step up and make these changes. So um, this taught me a lot about like starting movements and activism and why persistence is important and how like doing something one time is just not enough. Like this idea of performative activism, you have to keep pursuing these changes and do something that'll have a real lasting sustainable impact. Um, and so the thing pictured on the screen right now is a screenshot of an article I was featured in in Cosmopolitan. Um, so yes, we did gain a lot of media attention. And I think that just um, feeds in the whole, into the whole thing I was talking about, about how it's a nationwide movement. And it was so cool how we were one of the millions of organizers that were doing something like this for one common goal. So it was really cool. That's amazing. So you were featured on Cosmopolitan? Yes. <laughs> That's so crazy. And they covered kind of your story on the walkout and how important it is to unite together to fight a common cause like this. So that's so powerful and strong. And um, you know, it's so amazing that you're doing so much for gun violence prevention. And I want to take a second and actually encourage everyone listening to just speak up and bring change regarding gun laws as a cause is so extremely important and can prevent like tragic situations like the Stoneman Douglas shooting. None of us ever want to be in that position that the students of that that high school we're in. So change is essential in this area. But back to you, Annika, I also see that you have worked on another cause extremely important to you, which has to do with anti-racism efforts. So could you tell us a little bit about the work you have done with implementing anti-racist changes in your community? Yes, absolutely. Um, so I kind of talked about what sparked my interest in working towards gun violence prevention, but specifically for anti-racist changes, I'm sure this year was a very defining moment for 
this movement. Um, after the death of George Floyd, a lot of citizens took to the streets to protest police brutality and racism that ruminates in America. So I was also inspired to do the same. And since then, um, I, along with a lot of other students in my community, we began a group in our hometown dedicated to kind of rid our community and rid our schools of the discrimination that exists here. And so we started that by creating an Instagram page. It's called South Lake ARC, Anti-Racism Coalition. And um, with, with that, we started accepting anonymous testimonials of the racist incidents that students have faced in school and kind of other sort of forms of discrimination. And so our page quickly started catching wind of um, a lot of adults in our community, a lot of other students and inspired people to speak up, submit their own stories. And after that, we, were, we started working on kind of a 20 page demand letter to send to the school district of how they can make necessary anti-racist changes in our community and in our schools. And so since then, we've just been working on that. There's been a lot of pushback, a lot of backlash, a lot of updates on this movement, but that's kind of how we started our whole fight um, for anti-racist changes. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, and I also see that you were, let me share the picture real quick. Can you talk a little bit about this experience with you on the media again? Um, how, how is that and what message are they trying to put across to their audience? Yes, so after our movement um, gained a lot of momentum, a lot of me news stations wanted to cover our um, movement and we were also hoping to inspire other surrounding districts to do the same. So this is me on the news um, reading one of the testimonials. It's not my own, but reading one of them. Um, and it was really cool because our district's inaction and complacency was really harmful to our movement and to other students for generations. So by doing this, we were hoping to kind of place pressure on our district to take action. I'm so proud that all your work is being recognized and your voice is being heard. So that's amazing. As a brown female minority myself, I can relate to the fight with discrimination that many of us minorities experience. So I'm so glad you're the one putting the voice out for many minorities. And I know it takes so much effort to be heard and the confidence and power to get out there and do things like this. So while you were taking all these initiatives, were there any obstacles that you faced with that? Yes, yeah, so again, kind of the same thing. Um, lots of retaliation and pushback, not only from the school board, but also from adults in our community. They just didn't believe that anti-racism education was something that belongs in our schools. They didn't think that systemic racism is a thing. They still don't. So this um, movement actually gained a lot of pushback than our last one. And it's been really unfortunate to see how people don't wanna prioritize the livelihoods and the safety of people who don't look like them. And so um, that's one of the main obstacles we faced. But like I said before, we can't let the haters stop us because if that were true, then change would not um, be possible. So right. yes. yes. Um, lastly, I would like to know, I know you're in college, so how are you implementing um, activism in your daily life throughout college and 
just how you're moving along with your workload and how are you making time for it right now? Yeah, for sure. Well, first of all, um, I, as I said, thank you for having me on this, but in speaking for this podcast, I'm hoping to just inspire more people because it's my belief that each movement inspires the next. Like I said, back in 2018, you know, one person decided to have a national walkout day and it turned into a nationwide um, movement. So I'm hoping to inspire more people and share my experiences, share my passions, and hopefully continue this domino effect and empower more people to take action in their communities. Um, but as far as college, um, one of my favorite quotes is, um, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. So really like passion is my favorite thing. So I will always make time for the things I'm passionate about. And specifically, um, there's still work happening on the end of SARC, but I'm currently director of this agency at my university called the Women's Resource Agency. So that's where we advocate for women and non-binary individuals on campus. So that's another thing that's keeping me busy. And I love just being able to help people, um, help minorities, help underrepresented groups, help marginalized groups. So that's another way of what I'm doing right now. And yeah, being able to talk about these, I'm just hoping to inspire all future generations of Americans and advocates for much needed policy change. That's amazing. And I'm so happy with the work you're doing. Um, I can see the passion clearly through the things that you have accomplished. And I hope our listeners take from this and start causes, contributing to causes of their own, and also follow your tips and advice on how to get started with that as well. So you can contact and connect with Anika through an email. Her email is anika.shaw at utexas.edu and also on Instagram at anikashaw04. We will also be attaching these contacts in our YouTube description of the podcast in case anyone has further inquiries or wants to get involved. Thank you so much again for sharing, Anika. This cause is so important and isn't often talked about, but the work you're doing is so inspiring and we hope to continue learning more about it in the future. If you have general questions about the What Cause Inspires You podcast series, if you're interested in applying as a student or expert speaker, or if you want to volunteer, email aliciagupta2020 at gmail.com or info at humanityrising.org. Be sure to follow our Instagram and Facebook pages to stay updated with our scholarship opportunities, future podcasts, and events at humanity.rising and at What Cause Inspires You. Thank you all for attending, and we hope to see you again for next week's podcast. Thank y'all so much. And just one last thing is don't be afraid to stand up for what you believe in. And thank you so much for having me. We loved having you, Anika. Thank you so much. Thank you.